Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. I want everyone to open your Bible with me. Go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11 as we continue on our faith series. And um, I want to, I've started each of the messages today by kind of reiterating the fact that without faith, it's impossible to what? Please God. Faith, we, we need to be sensitive to the issue of faith in our lives because we're called to live by faith. The Bible says the righteous will live by faith. It's not by feelings. It's not by works either. We're not righteous because we're because of our deeds, we're righteous because of what Christ has done. The core of our faith is that we have put our faith in Jesus. How many people have put their faith in Jesus Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords? How many would say amen? amen. Our faith is in Jesus and we please God when we live by faith. And so there's a, we need to always be sensitive to the fact and aware of the fact that faith is our calling. We're called to trust God and to believe God. And uh, um, uh, simply stated, we define faith in two basic ways. And we've, we've been giving this definition. I want to kind of be uh, quick about this. But simply stated, faith is in, is faith in the person of God. Everyone say faith in the person. When you live by faith, you're putting your faith in the person of God. And then it's not just the person. Then it's faith in the words of that person or faith in the words of God. Everyone say faith in the word. We believe that the Bible is the word of God. And when we live by faith, it's faith in the person and it's faith in the word. You're going to see that played out again and again, even in today's message you will see how important it is for us to understand that when we live by faith, it's faith in the person and then faith in the words of that one and only person. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. How many know Jesus is the word and the word became flesh? The Bible says Jesus is the word. And he's the, he was the living word, and we have the word of God, and he is a trustworthy person. He's trustworthy, amen? amen. Now, we're going to see today, once again, this combination working to build faith in, in uh, a man's heart. Last week, we talked about Sarah, how faith conceives Today we're going to talk about Sarah's husband, Abraham. Look at what the Bible says here in Hebrews chapter 11. It says, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Abraham, who had received, here it is, God the person... 
Abraham, who had received God's promises, God's words, because he received God's promises and he had faith in the person of God and then in the words of God, here's what happened. He, uh, he was, everyone say this word. He was ready. Say that one more time. Ready. Okay, why? Because he had received God's promises, he was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. This great act, this act that would make no sense to any person here was performed because of Abraham's faith in God, the person, and in the words and the promises of that person. Look at what happened. It says, Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Now, the title of today's message is Faith is Ready. Faith is Ready. Everyone say, Faith is Ready. That's right. Faith is Ready. Are you ready today to live by faith? Because real faith is ready. And when, you, when we talk about the issue of readiness, no one is a better example of ready faith than Abraham. Because think about it this way, Abraham waited 25 years for a promise to be fulfilled. God told him, I'm going to give you a son. And he waited 25 years. And his wife was past the age of, of childbearing, and he was past, but he kept believing. God gives him the son. Now God gives him the son, and he's enjoying his son. And his son is 12 or 13 years old, and now God says, now I want you to offer me that son. And guess what? Abraham's faith was ready. Many times people think that you reach a certain level of faith and then once you reach that certain level of faith, now you can go on cruise control. You believe God up until this point and then after you believe God up, to, up until this point and God does something, quote, significant in your life, now it's just on easy street, but that's not real faith. How many know faith continues to be ready day by day, day by day, day by day, month by month, year by year? How many would say amen? Our faith is ready to say yes again to God. You see, and I believe that's what made Abraham so special is because Abraham, after all of that waiting and after all of that fulfillment, Abraham was ready to live by faith again. Now, before we get into the message, before we even pray, this brings up a very important issue. You see, because God will test the readiness of your faith. God will test your faith. Now, it's important for us to understand there's a big difference between a test and a temptation. God doesn't tempt anyone. God never tempts. There's no evil in God, not even a drop of evil. And if you feel tempted, don't ever say, God, don't tempt me because God doesn't tempt you. You see, the purpose of a temptation is to bring you down, and the devil will tempt you to bring you down. The purpose of a test is to grow you up. It's different. It's not to bring you down. It's to grow you up. It's to show you where you are in your heart with God. And so God will 
test your faith. But here's one of the things that you see is sometimes when God tests people's, when he tested people's faith in the Bible, it seems to be that after a significant test, it was like there came a release of the blessing and, and grace and power of God into people's lives. When we pass that test, as difficult as it might be, how many know there's a blessing after we pass the test? There's a reward after we pass the test, but we need to be ready for the test. How many would say amen? amen. And so this is a very, very, this is a, this is a big deal here because... Uh, um, because Abraham set, he set an example of what it means to be ready by faith that to me is just remarkable. Now, when you read this story, remember this story was real. This was real. Abraham offered his son, the, the great artist Rembrandt was so moved by this story that he actually um, painted, uh, uh, he actually did a painting of the scene. And I want to put it up here for you just to remind you what, like, what did that look like? Go back thousands of years. What did that look like? Here's, here's what, Ray, what a, a Rem, Rembrandt uh, believed. So here's, uh, the Bible doesn't say that he covered his face, but I bet when, when Rembrandt was digesting this whole scene, he probably said, if I was a dad, I probably would cover my son's face. And you see that he had the, 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 the dagger in his hand ready to plunge it into his son. And then the angel steps in and stops him. The angel gave him his son back, but this was real. How many know this was real? You see, the test was real. The, the, the call uh, 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 to faith was very real. And that call to faith is real today. How many would say amen? amen. Now, you can go ahead and take this off. But remember, uh, 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 brothers and sisters, this is a good place to pause and highlight this. So he gave him his son back, but the day came, this was, this was very prophetic in nature because the day came when God sent his son, but guess what? He didn't stop the knife. The day came when God gave his son and his son was hurt so that we could be healed. His son would, was punished and, and, and condemned as guilty so today we could be declared free. How many are thankful that we're free in Jesus today? Hallelujah. You see, and so this was a prophetic picture of what God would do through his son, Christ Jesus. But now we stand after the cross. If Abraham was ready before the cross, how should we stand ready after the cross, after we've received such a great salvation? You see, if Jesus gave his everything, should we not be ready also? And so... I want to just pray right now. This has, been a, this has been a deep day. All day, this has been a deep day. This is a deep message. And um, I want to pray for God's grace to speak to us. I was like, I was just talk, talking to Pastor Matt, I believe. I was like, look, I was like, you know, it's like we're called to preach the word of God. And yet 
our humanness is so weak when it comes to the things of the kingdom of God. You know, which we're all just plain old human beings. And yet God wants to speak to us. How many believe God wants to speak to us today? So could we pray? Lord, overshadow people, overshadow everything. Let this be a meeting between you and your people, Lord. Bless this service, the, the remainder of this service, God. Lord, bless every heart. Open our eyes that we might see wonderful things in your word. God, uh, uh, speak to our hearts from your word. Hide me behind the cross, Lord Jesus. But Lord, speak to every single soul. This word is for everyone, Lord. It's for all of us. Starting with me and Chrissy, Lord God, to the, to the youngest, oh God. And so bless this word. Bless our time together. Make our faith ready, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. amen and amen. Now, when we talk about a ready faith, what does, what does a ready faith mean? What does it mean? It's pretty simple. When faith is ready, uh, faith is ready to obey and faith is ready to offer. Real faith, this is a two-point message. Ready to obey, ready to offer. Say that with me. Ready to obey, ready to offer. Okay, they are one and the same, but, but they're slightly different. The Bible says, if you love me in your heart, then you will obey my commandments through your actions. If you love me in your heart, then you will obey my commands through your actions. And this is why you see both in the life of Abraham. It was, it was the action and the heart. So uh, uh, next slide. So here's, here's how this comes down. Ready to obey means you're ready to perform the act of faith. Faith without works is dead. But then on the other side, ready to offer is actually the heart of faith. Now, it's possible to, to uh, perform an act of obedience with the wrong heart. It's kind of like the story I heard of a dad who was telling one of his kids, sit down. And the kid was being stubborn. He said, sit down. Finally, the dad said, I said, sit down. So the kid sat down. If I understand the story correctly, the kid sat down and said, my, my body is sitting, but my heart is standing. You guys know what I'm talking about, don't you? You see? But we're not, we, we don't just, like, our, we, had a, we had a little guy with us for a season. His name was Malachi. I'll never forget. I love this. He used to get upset. And sometimes he would fold his hands. So, I mean, you know, I'm 6'3". He's like this big. And I'm like, hey, Mally. I'm talking to him, correcting him about something. And I'm like, unfold your hands. He's like... I said, Mally, I said, unfold your hands. So he goes like this. <laughs> Just to let me know. <laughs> you see? And so it's both. It's both. You see, ready faith is not just an act. It's a heart. Ready faith is not just a heart. It's an act. 
A lot of people say, oh, you don't know my heart. You know, I didn't mean that. Or, or my heart is this way. My heart is that way. My heart is this way. They always tell you what their heart is, but they don't do what their heart is supposed to be wanting to do. How many know if that's where your heart is, then, you're, then you should do where your, what, what your heart is saying to do? So it's both. When you live by faith, it's, it's, just, it's not just the act. For example, you could come here and you could sing, but you could sing in a very cultural way. People sing in church, but they could sing without their heart. How many know a half-hearted worship is not what God wants? How many know he wants wholehearted worship? How many say amen? But then on the flip side, some people could, could come to church and we say, hey, the Bible says, uh, sing to the Lord, all ye people. Let, let men everywhere lift up holy hands or whatever. So I've heard this many times where a worship leader, okay, will encourage people, let's say, to sing or to worship. And people in the pews are saying stuff like, nobody's telling me what to do. Meanwhile, they're in the Lord's house. We're glad you're here. But in their, in their head and in their heart, they're like, no. You see? No. And so it's both. And so what I'm talking about today, I want you to know, you know, this is not a lot of preaching. It's two simple points. We're talking about the tenderness and the love that you have in your heart for God in a very true and pure sense. You know, that's what we're talking about today. If you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me in your heart, you'll obey me with your actions. And faith is ready to obey because faith is, this kind of faith is full of love. Look at what someone said about this. I love this story. Uh, Mark Twain recounts this. A businessman well known for his ruthlessness once announced to Twain, before I die, I mean to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. I will climb Mount Sinai and read the Ten Commandments aloud at the top. I have a better idea, replied Twain. You could stay in Boston and just keep them. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You see, sometimes we want to perform these religious things to appease ourselves, but we don't really want to do what God wants us to do. You see? So we're talking about, we're talking about serving God from the place of the heart. You know, faith, faith, no matter how long you serve God, your heart should never get tired of God. You know, how many know our hearts should never get tired of God? On the contrary, we should be, be more in love with Jesus. How many want to be more in love with Jesus than ever before? How many say amen? <laughs> amen. So let's unpack this very quickly. Uh, first of all, faith is ready to obey. Faith is ready to obey. It's ready to do what God says that we should do. Faith is ready to, to uh, um, uh, follow the word of God regardless of how we feel. Faith is ready to follow God. 
God says it, and we're ready to do it. It says, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promise, was ready to sacrifice his only son. God said, I know I gave you that son, but now I want you to give me that son back. And guess what faith was? Faith was ready to obey. Now, here's the thing. When we talk nowadays about obedience in the church, it's become a strange word. I got convicted this week while I was away that I need to preach about obedience more. That's when you say, go ahead and preach it, preacher. You know, I, so, you know, because we're living in a day where talking about obedience has become very strange. You see? Now, now the reason why I got convicted is I went back to New York. I'm working on this project, and I was interviewing some, some, uh, um, some key people in my spiritual upbringing. I interviewed a woman. Her name is Nancy Martinez. And uh, she, uh, the, the first ministry that I was involved in when I started going to church was a children's ministry. And, um, and she was the head of the children's ministry, so like our Heidi uh, Ballinger, well, Nancy Martinez. And Nancy had a huge impact on my life. So I went and asked her questions. I asked another pastor, Pastor Hammond. I went, I interviewed Pastor Durso and his son. And, and, uh, and here was the dominant theme. I didn't expect this. But the dominant theme as I went back to where I come from, as I interviewed these people that I consider great men and women of God, as I talked to them, the number one theme that came out of them, which I was surprised by, was obedience. I was like, uh, Nancy, why did you do that? Well, I did that because I was obeying the Lord. Pastor Durso, you've made all of these courageous decisions. Why did you do that? Well, basically, I was obeying the Lord. And over and over, actually, I was talking to Pastor Simla, and Pastor Simla said, well, why this? He goes, it's because that's what God wants us to do. It's the right thing to do. You do things not because of the results. You do them because that's what God wants you to do. You leave the results to God. How many would say amen? Our call is to obey. So it's like this recurring theme as I talk to them. And here's the funny thing. We are living in a day when people want all of these explanations before they obey. You see, people want, people want a, a, a whole court case to ensue before they have to obey, which is so contrary to the word and the authority of the word of God in our lives. When we started this morning, Pastor Matt prayed. He said, Lord, we're so caught up with knowledge nowadays. Save our church from this. Eve was told by the devil, if you eat that, you'll know. When all she had to do was obey, she didn't have to know. She already heard what the word was. Don't eat that. That's not for you. How many know? All we need is the word of God, and the word of God should be enough for us to obey. How many would say amen? The word of God is enough. The word of God is enough for us to obey. That's faith is ready to obey. Obey what? Obey the word of the Lord. Obey what the Bible says. Nowadays, something has happened, but don't fall for it. 
Nowadays, because there's, there's opinion in our culture and in our society, you see, because of the opinions of men, now we even have young Christians saying, hmm, I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about that. What does it matter how you feel? God is the ancient of days. God is what's forever past and forever in the future. He's the king of glory. His word is enough. Can I get an amen? So we have to put authority where the authority is. The authority is in the word of God. Not in the latest psychological study. You see? It's not in the latest thing that's come out of, of, you know, one of these great, quote, learning institutions. Okay? Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will stand forever. His word is true and his word will stand forever. His word was right in 2,000 years ago. And how many know his word is absolutely right today? It's not a mystery. It, do, it doesn't matter that people feel differently about it. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. People have always felt differently about it. Listen, I read it the other day. Pontius Pilate is in front of Jesus. And Pontius Pilate had the nerve to say to Jesus, what is truth? He said, what is truth to the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. But that's what we do. We stand and we look at the word of God. And we let the word crowd out. The authority of God's word. But real faith is ready to obey the words of God. How many would say, Lord, help us to obey your word? Help us to know your word and love your word and obey your word. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. The word of God is living and active, the Bible says. You know, and it, it exposes all of the, all of the, the motives of man. God's word is true. He is the ancient of days. And so it's so important for us to just obey. And here's the thing about this particular issue. Is that when we don't obey, we miss out on so much. Because we don't know. Look at this in the life of the great uh, missionary uh, whose last name was Judson. I can't get his first name right. But he was the first American missionary to Burma, okay, in the uh, early 1800s. And um, when Judson graduated from seminary, he received a call from a large church in Boston to become its assistant pastor. Everyone congratulated him. His mother and sister rejoiced that he could live at home with them to do his life's work. But Judson shook his head. My work is not here, he said. God is calling me beyond the seas. To stay here, even to serve God in his ministry, I feel would be only partial obedience. Everyone say partial obedience. This is what we love. You see? partial obedience and I could not be happy in that and I'm telling you right now you will never be happy with partial obedience 
We used to sing, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and everyone obey. It's not partial. It's not doing the, the things that you like, the things that are convenient, you see? And we, we kind of reason around this issue and we talk our way into partial obedience. But partial obedience is not really obedience. Look, it says, although it cost him a great struggle and many people warned him not to go, he left his family to follow the heavenly call. Now watch this. The churches Judson started in Burma have grown into over 3,700 congregations. Congregations. Okay. He, this, this, he, his ministry, because he fully obeyed, his, his ministry has grown into more congregations than we have people right now. Just to give you context. Why? Because he obeyed. Look at this. And 617,000 members and the influence of his consecrated life is felt around the world. Let me tell you something. You might be here and you might have told God, Lord, I'm telling you, I got this. This is the way I need you to do it. I've got this dream, I've got this plan, I've got it all worked out. And by the way, God, if you do it the way I'm telling you, it's going to work out great for your kingdom. <laughs> you ever tell God that? Lord, if you just do it like this, man, the kingdom of God will advance if you just use me this way and do it this way. How many people do that? That's what we say. But look, take all of those dreams and those things are nothing compared to the way God wants to use you and what God wants to do through you. How many would say amen? How many would say, yes, I believe that. God's plan is better than mine. His plan is better than ours. His plan, his way is better than ours. And all of that is launched. You see, we want to know so much, but here's what you'll never know. You will never know the amazing things that God has planned for you if you fail to obey. You won't know it. If you refuse, you'll just miss the, that incredible revelation. Look at how, how uh, uh, A.W. Tozer put it in this amazing book called The Pursuit of God. He said, if we cooperate with him in loving obedience, God will manifest himself to us, and that manifestation will be the difference between a nominal Christian life and a life radiant with the light of his face. Okay? This is the difference between an average Christian life and a life radiant with the life of Jesus. If they could send me someone to come out. Now, I have to tell you, this slide has struck my heart all day. You see, because look, when I think about, about this is all of you, but let's, take, let's just take the people in the front row, right here, just one, two, three, four, five. When I think about these five people, okay, let's, let's take these five people that I could see really well. I can't see the people in the back, but I can see their faces really, really well right here, okay? As your pastor, as their pastor, the last thing on the planet that I would want or that any of the pastors or any of the leaders would want is that when they stand before Jesus, all they lived was an average Christian life. A nominal, mediocre Christian life. 
That's the last thing. That is, that is, that is to, to, to know Jesus, the King of glory, the King of kings, and to never experience what, it, what happens when you step out in faith and believe and see God come through, and then you're so full of joy, your, faith is, your face is like a sunbeam because God came through when you live by faith. <laughs> to think that every person in this room would fail to miss that experience is heartbreaking to me. It's heartbreaking to me to think if even one of you would miss out on that blessing of living by faith and obeying God and watching him do something amazing for your life. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing like living by faith. But we have to obey. We have to set aside all of our fine-sounding arguments you know, we have to set aside all of our excuses. Is there anyone who could have put up excuses more than Abraham? I mean, come on. Put your son on there. And he said, Lord, do you want me to put my son on there? I will put my son on there. By the way, by the way, if you're here today and you are one of those people that you put your culture, your family above the call of God, I just want you to know this text right here says you don't even put your family over Jesus. No, blood is thicker than water. No. That's worldly, you see. We need to do what God calls us to do. We need to obey. Somebody here, you just need to obey. You need to, it could be stop doing this, then stop it. It could be walk away from that person, break that relationship, then break it. Okay, it could be don't take that job. Even though that job is offering you all of that money, don't take that job. Why? Because God doesn't want you to take it. Is that enough? It ought to be. Okay. Well, God, if I don't take this job, well, how much are you going to pay me? That's not the way this works. You see? He's here. He's here. The Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Two or three are gathered. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Look at what the Bible says. It says, I walk among the, the golden lampstands in Revelation. That means that Jesus walks among these churches. He walks. I think about this all the time. I heard my pastor say this. He walks right now, walking through the churches, through the aisles. Jesus is here. He sees what you do. He sees what I do. He sees what I think. He sees what you think. He sees it all. And he gave it all. And because he gave it all, Shouldn't we give it all to? So, faith is ready to obey. And then look, take it deeper. Faith, the heart of it is that faith is ready to make the offering that God asks for. Faith is ready to offer everything, your life, everything. It says it was by faith that Abraham 
offered. Everyone say offered. He offered. He, he, here's, here's what it means, okay? And I've, I heard this for many years, and then I became, I, I, I started to really understand it. In the, 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 the saints of old would say, hold everything loosely. Hold it loosely, hold it loosely. That means God will give you precious things. And, we, and, and, and he's, instead of saying, no, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. Even though he gave it to you, it's precious to you. We're supposed to hold everything loosely. And the minute that God says, come on, I want it back. We go, here, Lord. You can have whatever you want because I love you more than anything you could ever give me. Oh, Lord, help us to to love you more than anything that you could give us, God. Help us to love you more. Help us to love you more, Lord. Look at what, there was a man in the 50s who was a missionary. He was killed in Ecuador. His name was Jim Elliott. Listen to what Jim Elliott said. He took a trip to go reach these people in Ecuador, and when they got off, they were killed by this tribe. And here's what happened after they were killed. His wife went, and when his wife went with the team, then everybody got saved and a great revival took place. You see, he gave his blood. And here's what Jim Elliott said. And by you want to read another amazing book, go pick up the journals uh, 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 of Jim Elliott. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Whatever you give to God, let me tell you something. There are so many things. You can't keep it anyway. You can't keep it. You may want it, but you can't keep it. And we hold on and we hold on. You can't keep your money. Your money's going to burn up. You can't keep your house. You can't keep that job. You can't keep anything. You see? But it's better to say, God, you want it? Here, you could have it. Have your way, Lord. I offer it to you. Imagine. I want you to imagine Imagine God looking down on Abraham. Abraham, they say, stop. He knew he wasn't going to have him do it. He just tested him. But imagine how God felt saying, he loves me that much that he would put his son on the altar. In the end, in the end. And look, maybe you're here today and you would say, I don't love you that much. Well, you know what? Ask God to help you love him that much. Maybe you would say, look, I'm not, I'm not there. That's okay. You can ask God. God, give me that kind of heart. How many want a heart like Abraham? Could I see your hands? Come on, we want a heart like Abraham, amen? But a heart like Abraham was ready. He was ready to make offerings to God and to say, have your way, Lord. Have your way. Do whatever you want to do with my life, I will obey you and follow you. Now, before we close, I do want to say this one thing because the text says it. You see, when you have faith in God, the person, and when you have faith in his words, <coughs> like Abraham did, it changes your perspective. It changes the way you think so that you can actually live by faith. 
So look at, look at uh, uh, what the Bible says here. It says, Abraham reasoned, everybody say reasoned. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. Why? Because he had gotten promises from God. So when you get a promise from God and then God says, do this or do that, then you know, and this is what you got to know today. What you got to know is that even if God says, I want you to surrender something precious to me. I want you to give up someone. I want you to give up something. I want you to surrender. When God says surrender, just always know God's got something great on his mind for your life. God is about to do something awesome. That's what our faith could say. God is not a taker. How many know God is a giver? Hallelujah. He's a giver. He gives exceedingly and abundantly beyond anything we could ask or think. But that's what faith says. God, faith says, look, even if you take this from me, Lord, I know that you're a giver. You're not a taker. You've got something great on your mind. You see? But sometimes, and I'll close with this. See, sometimes God has to take before he can give because we're holding on to the wrong thing. Sometimes God has to empty us out before he can fill us up because we're full of the wrong thing. Sometimes we have to let go, you see. And then, then God takes charge. They used to say, let go and let God. Sometimes that's what has to happen. We got to put God in charge. That's what ready faith is. Faith is ready to obey. And from the heart, faith is ready to offer God whatever he wants. Come on, let's lift our hands to him right now. The Lord is here. He's been with us all day. And today as we are lifting our hands with our eyes closed, today God wants to challenge our complacency and our comfort. Some of us, we're so comfortable and we won't make the move to get out of our comfort zone. But God is saying today, that's your Isaac. You need to put that Isaac on the altar. Some of us are actually in compromise, compromising situations. And you know that that's not God's will. And today God is saying, give up that compromise. Today I want that. Put it on the altar. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. You see, today God is saying, I want you to choose my call over your comfort. My kingdom. God today is saying, look, I want you to choose my uncertainties over the certainties of this world. Faith is ready. Faith is ready. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just worship him for a minute. We worship you, God. We worship, look, if you can't offer him praise, you can't offer him Isaac. Come on, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, we worship you, Jesus. We give you an offering from our heart right here, oh God. We love you, we honor you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name, oh God. We love you, God. We love you, Lord. We want to please you, we want to honor you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your 
blessed be your name, oh God. such a sweet way God is here to meet us in our hearts today is a day where the Spirit of the Lord has been dealing all day dealing 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 with his people if you're here maybe there's an Isaac that God is asking you to lay down I'm telling you come to the altar and lay it down maybe you're here today and you're in a struggle of obedience you're in a battle because what? Because there are things that are pulling at you, things that are really, really strong. God is stronger than that pull. God is greater and God will reward that obedience. Today is a day to come and build an altar. Abraham built an altar. I want you to, I want to invite you to come and, and make an offering to God and let there be a surrender to God. Hallelujah. Come on, get close. Get close. Let's tell God, Lord, Slip out of your seat and 
Come on, take someone's hand. Everyone take someone's hand. Just keep your eyes closed. Surrender is such a deep and powerful thing, but the Holy Spirit can do a work of surrender. The Holy Spirit can put things in our hearts that are not there today, but just the faith and the desire for it, God will honor that. So I want us to pray right now You see, God wants to reach this city. God wants to reach this world. He can do it without us, but he actually wants to do it with us and through us. He wants us, he wants to make us part of his solutions. He wants to make us part of his answers. Those things come to pass when we declare and we say, Lord, have your way. So could we pray right now, come on, to the left and to the right. Lord, have your way with your people. Have your way with every man, every woman, oh God. Have your way with our skills and our talents and our giftings, our resources. Have your way, oh God. From the front to the back, oh God, have your way. Have your way, O oh Lord. Spirit of the living God, I pray for deep surrender in this room. Deep surrender, God. We pray for your will and your will alone. We pray for your plans. God, we put our plans on the altar. We put ourselves on the altar. Burn it up, O oh God. Burn it up, Lord God. Have your way, O oh Lord, with every life. We pray for deep surrender. Deep surrender for every family, for every home, for every heart. 
Lord, as we go, Father, you have begun something and we pray that you carry it on to completion. Fulfill the plan. Fulfill the call, we pray in the name of Jesus. Let your will be done with every life. And may every life bring you great glory and great honor. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this time, and we thank you for everything we're going to see and experience because we've surrendered it all to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Can we put our hands together for the Lord? Hallelujah.